You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. We always knew that congressmen were available for sale and you could purchase them from anywhere even if you were in jail and now there's even better news to get your private interest to advance i mean finance because the supreme court's up for sale and they don't involve blackmail it's a song and dance benefits enhanced it seems Supreme Court justices have at least one billionaire that they ride around on jets with and they never pay no fare. Then they make decisions favoring the guy who paid the bill. They don't have to follow rules and they probably never will. Judge Alito got himself a $1,000 ride to a luxury vacation. No quid pro quo was implied. Of course, that didn't have an impact when it finally was the time to decide. Took that in stride on a case involving all those folks that gave him those lavish strokes. No ethics were ever applied. For the last two decades, Court Supreme has gutted all the laws that kept the powerful from buying public servants for their cause. Their cause was nothing more than self-interest to the greatest of degrees. So now the wealthiest can buy all the access that they please. That's why Clarence Thomas thinks his actions are of no import, although he's taken millions from claimants who came before the court. Luxury vacations, private schools, trips on jets and trips on yachts. The things he plots, undisclosed despite the rules, the public that he thinks he fools as a judge. He is their sods. 
The Supreme Court turns a blind eye to self-corrupting force Any rules that apply they're designated to enforce Self-regulation not a strong point with the human race They can't be fired from their jobs so they don't need to save It seems Supreme Court justices have at least one billionaire that they ride around on just with and they never pay a fare. They always sing the same old song, innocent as a dove. They say that they've done nothing wrong. Who does that remind you of? Hmm. Don Karen of Parody Project. But wait, there's more. Let's do one more. Okay. Oop, take this it away. Is proud to present. This land is my land. This land is my land. It's also my land. Not very darlings. My wife does treason. I prove my way through school. This land belongs to me and me. Me and me. <laughs> Citations from the 13th century. This land was made for Yeah. Um, all right. That was uh, that last one was from the 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 late show with Stephen Colbert back. You know when they were still making new. Um, you know, think no. John Roberts was there. It just didn't really look like him. I think. Um, anyway, hi. Uh, so, yeah, it was a day. Uh, we knew that the Supreme Court, the extreme court, uh, was going to do what they did today. In fact, Ellie Mastal, he nailed it. He called it. Um, and and what they did. They, they they announced three decisions today, three opinions, decisions, rulings, whatever it is we're calling them. And um, uh, the, the, the third was the worst. Um, and but but we saw the writing on the wall. Basically, affirmative action for college admissions is no more. And the case was brought by this group called Students for Fair Admissions. They're not for fair admissions. That's that's the least of their. It's it's that Orwellian turn of a phrase. You know, it's like um, uh, like Moms for Liberty. <laughs> you know, it's opposite world. But anyway, they they there were two cases here. It was Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard, and Students for Fair Admissions versus UNC. Um, Katanji Brown Jackson recused herself from the Harvard. Uh, case because she's she sat on the board of I don't know what but she sat on a board there and so because she's an honest person because she actually belongs on the court because she understands ethics and responsibilities and when there's a conflict of interests and she recused herself from that one but not from the UNC one and she had a pretty um uh pretty uh, brutal dissent from the majority. So the one that she recused herself on, the Harvard one, it was a 6-2 outcome. And uh, the, the UNC one was 6-3. So the, the right-wingers, I don't even call them conservatives because they're really not. This is not about 
conservatism. This is about, uh, I was going to say wing notary, but this is about um, uh, a group of people who, I don't know, <laughs> um, perhaps bigotry. I, I mean, their whole contention is, oh, it's so hard being white today in America. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, my life isn't exactly easy, but being white has nothing to do with it, except what I bring on myself if I start acting privileged, right? Um, uh, Akimbo says, I'm afraid it is about conservatism, but see, it's, they're not conservative in so many ways. They're, they're about white supremacy. They're about, um, you know, not being fair. Yeah, the phone lines are open. Should you care to weigh in on what happened today? They, now, they did give two other decisions today. And let me go through what those were, and then we'll get into the meat of it. And, of course, Howie Klein will join us at the bottom of the hour. But the second case, well, actually, the first one they announced was Abitron. It was a case about whether and when. It, it was about a trademark infringement um, and 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 uh, entities outside of the United States. Um, the court held today that the provisions at issue are not extraterritorial and apply only to claims where the infringing use in commerce is domestic. Whatever that means. I, I'm sure it's important to somebody, but um, so that. The second one, <clears throat> the second case they announced was um, Groff. Now, Groff, hold on, let me find the exact uh, name of this case. It was... Um, Groff, oh, versus DeJoy, duh, DeJoy being the Postmaster General. And the case was about a former part-time mail carrier who's an evangelical Christian. He sued the U.S. Postal Service over having to work on Sundays to deliver Amazon packages. Um, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act says employers must reasonably accommodate their employees' religious observances as long as doing so does not impose a, quote, undue hardship on the business or an employee's co-workers. So that's what the justices were deciding. So um, let's see. The, this, uh, the former postal worker, Gerald Groff, had asked the justices to overturn a 1977 decision indicating that an undue hardship is anything that would require more than a trivial or minimal cost. Okay, so what the court did today, they said that an employer must show that the burden of granting an accommodation, like Sundays off if you're a postal worker, would result in substantial increased costs in relation to the conduct of its particular business. Okay, I still don't quite understand what, I mean, I understand it, but I, I can't, couldn't put it into practical meaning for you, because what is an undue um, uh, uh, hardship? Um, maybe for a small mom and pop shop, giving somebody a day off each week that they weren't supposed to originally have off might, might um, you know, be be a, a an undue hardship. It might be too much for the small company to to uh, to handle. Um, but it's the U.S. Postal Service. I'm sure they have other part timers who can deliver Amazon packages on Sundays. Um, but does this open a Pandora's box? Does this open uh, the thing for every religious zealot 
to say, oh, I have to have my ayahuasca ceremony on Sunday. I need the day off. I don't know. Again, this is one. We'll talk to Lisa Graves about it tomorrow. She'll come back tomorrow. Now, um, but then we go to the biggie. And the biggie was affirmative action in college admissions. Uh, the Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the um, the uh, decision, the opinion. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Ellie Mastal. Ellie Mastal is the justice correspondent for The Nation magazine, who, by the way, is starting a podcast, I heard. And um, he was tweeting this morning. And he said, um, the deci- here, here's just a few of his tweets in order. He said, uh, the decision is incredibly thick, so I'm still reading it. But on first blush, the court appears to hold that the Harvard and UNC programs violate the Constitution. And then he linked to the opinion. I'll post it on the blog today where I post the show. It'll be at NicoleSandler.com slash 6-29-23. Um, but then, uh, uh, um, oh, I see. These, I'm sorry. These are the notes from, not, not from Ellie Mistel, from SCOTUS blog. Then they wrote, Sotomayor dissents, joined by Kagan and Jackson, as it applies to the Harvard case. Jackson dissents in the UNC case, joined by Sotomayor and Kagan. It's just rearranging the chairs. So here's what Ellie Mistal said. He said, Alito, so Alito, I guess, wrote the decision on Groff versus DeJoy. Alito also has Groff versus DeJoy, which is a religion case I do care about. Oh, he said the first one was that trademark case that he doesn't really care about. So then this is the one he does care about. But he then says, we have the affirmative action cases. John Roberts says that affirmative action at Harvard and UNC violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. That means it's dead. The decision is long and dense, but there's really not much to it other than a bunch of justifications from Roberts and Thomas for why affirmative action makes the, quote, colorblind Constitution sad. He continues, like this decision isn't really about the law. The conservatives don't like the policy, and so they killed it, overturning uh, their own precedent, because that precedent was 20 years ago, and they've decided enough time has passed. Again, I'm reading from Ellie Mistal's Twitter feed from this morning as the, uh, as the uh, opinions came down. He says, each conservative took a whack at specific arguments that uphold affirmative action. Roberts went in on the 14th Amendment, ignoring that the 14th was specifically designed for amelioration of racism so that he, so that he can co-opt it for the whites. Uh, Thomas gave an originalist defense of the colorblind Constitution, an oxymoron given that the original Constitution was a slaver's document. Gorsuch says a form, affirmative action cannot be justified on the Civil Rights Act. And then Ellie writes in parentheses, of course, he's wrong about that. So a lot of talk about all this today. Um, uh, again, one of the more, more brilliant legal minds out there is Dahlia Lithwick, who writes for Slate. And so she was on uh, MSNBC this morning and uh, she was asked about, um, well, about this outcome. Dahlia, what do we know about this group? Oh, and, and, and yes. And about the group, the uh, uh, what, what did I say their name was? The um, Students for Fair Admissions uh, she'll explain who that they brought are. the cases because I understand they have been trying to overturn affirmative action and bar affirmative action from college admissions process for years. This is uh, students for fair admissions. 
Right. This is exactly the same group. It's one uh, very, very invested, very wealthy uh, opponent of uh, affirmative action, Edward Bloom, who brought the Abigail Fisher case and did not succeed several years ago. So just brought it again, this time under the guise of not claiming that affirmative action necessarily uh, harms white students, but trying to make the case that affirmative action harms Asian students, thinking that that might be a better way in. Uh, it's worth saying that uh, the lower court actually found almost no evidence of that claim. There's a lengthy, lengthy district court finding that that's simply not borne out and that it's not affirmative action qua affirmative action programs that are harming Asian students. But as I said earlier, it almost doesn't matter what the nature of the claim was. The point was the composition of the court was now receptive to it. So that was Dahlia Lithwick, right? Then, so she gave analysis. You're talking about, you know, first of all, the group that brought the case, who's been doing this for years and years and years. And their mantra is, if at first you don't succeed, keep going back to the well. And eventually we'll get some right-wing nut jobs on the court and we can do what we want. Lovely. Um, uh, but then Julia Ainsley is a, is a reporter for NBC News. She's broken some big stories lately. So she was out there in front of the Supreme Court and um, had this. Well, it's absolutely right that in a 6-3 decision for Harvard and a 6-2 decision for Harvard and 6-3 decision for UNC that the justices are ending affirmative action as we know it. But in reading Chief Justice Roberts' opinion, he puts in a lot of caveats on ways that schools can continue to try to bring people of color into their student bodies uh, by looking at things like their essay. He's saying, look, if someone has encouraged an encounter at Adversity, where they've had to find courage because of their race, they should absolutely write about that in their essays when applying to college. It's just that race shouldn't be considered on the college application as a factor on its own. So there are a lot of factors where they're trying to bring in other ways that student bodies can continue to look at, whether it be socioeconomic diversity or the way race impacts a student or applicant's life. And that I find over and over in his opinion. I also just wanted to point out how many people wrote on this. It was just they all Thomas did. writing the majority. We also saw mm. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh concur and write their own opinions. And then we saw the dissent from Sotomayor and Chief Justice Jackson wrote her own dissent, of Not course, Chief just Justice. in the UNC case because of, she is recused from the Harvard case. But a lot of people with a lot of opinions adding on to this. There was another piece in the, or in the concurring opinion I saw from Justice Thomas where he says the argument from UNC that says that they needed to have a more racially diverse student body because that is what will educate people by bringing them together to live together. In other words, that communal experience when you're living on a college campus, that's so important that that be diverse when you're training the next, the next generation of young leaders. What Justice Thomas says is that's not an educational reason that's a social reason we're talking about education and i imagine a lot of people you have sitting there with you will tell you that's absolutely part of someone's education but just another piece that i wanted to point out as they're breaking down the various arguments that they heard to keep affirmative action and why they decided to go in this direction but yes there are plenty of ways that they say it is still okay to look at someone's hmm. race in terms of how it may have impacted their lives and what brings them to be a special applicant as they apply, and that should be included in the application <laughs> process. But I think it's safe to say affirmative action as we know it has ended at 10 a.m. this morning. Affirmative action as we know it was ended by this extreme court. You know, what this court is did today 
is what Donald Trump has been doing for the last, what, six, seven, eight years, which is giving bigots, giving racists, giving white supremacists cover to fly their freak flags proudly to show that they're a bigot or a racist or the scum of the earth. Um, yeah. Now, Zelda in the chat asked, let me see if I can find it. Some, all of a sudden, there was a, a bunch of uh, uh, comments in here. Now I've lost Zelda's question, but she asked um, if I read it correct. Here it is. Does anyone know? I know. Has Biden brought up SCOTUS being a problem or has he voiced any thoughts on it? Yeah, he has. Uh, I'll play you a few clips. Here, he, he spoke today. Here we go. President Biden, the Congressional Black Caucus at the Supreme Court has thrown into question its own legitimacy. Is this a rogue court? Is this a rogue court? This is not a normal court. This is not a normal court. Should there be term limits for the justices, sir? <laughs> and this was as he was leaving the room. So all he had just stopped and answered, he said, this is, a, this is not a normal court, right? Um, but there's more. Hold on. Let me find some other. There are other clips, I believe. Uh, uh, former President Obama reacted. I know there was other. I thought there was other uh, Biden reaction. Um, blah, blah, blah. No, that's other clips on Biden. Hold on. That might be the only thing I have. But, um, oh, here we go. No? No, that might be it. But I know he was asked earlier, but say, oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, all right. So a few more clips on the reaction to today's Supreme Court ruling from the president. We all know it. Discrimination still exists in America. Discrimination still exists in America. Discrimination still exists in America. Today's decision does not change that. It's a simple fact. If a student has, has overcome, had to overcome adversity on their path to education, college should recognize and value that. Our nation colleges and universities should be engines of expanding opportunity through upward mobility. But today, too often, that's not the case. Statistics, one, one statistic, students from the top 1% of family incomes in America are 77 times more likely to get into elite college. You think? Than one from the bottom 20% of family incomes. 77% I I got that. Opportunity. Today, for too many schools, the only people who benefit from the system are the wealthy and the well-connected. The odds have been stacked against working people for much too long. You think? We need a higher education system that works for everyone. From, From Appalachia to Atlanta and to far beyond. We can and must do better, and we will. Today, I'm directing the Department of Education to analyze what practices help build a more inclusive and diverse student bodies and what practices hold that back. Practices like legacy admissions and other systems. Yeah, get rid of those. Expand privilege instead of opportunity. Uh, Expand privilege instead of opportunity. Um, So he said some good things there, right? Uh, But but wait, there's more. I got, I got more, and I totally forgot. Well, let me. Um, uh, not a normal court. We had that one. Uh, Here's another clip about the same uh, thing. So today, I want to offer some guidance to our nation's colleges as they review their admission systems after today's decision. Guidance that is consistent with today's decision. They should not abandon, let me say this again, they should not abandon their commitment to ensure student bodies of diverse backgrounds should. and experience they should not. reflect all of America. What I propose for consideration is a new standard, where colleges take into account 
the adversity a student has overcome when selecting among qualified applicants. Let's be clear. Under this new standard, just as was true under the earlier standard, students first have to be qualified applicants. Yeah. They need the GPA and test scores to meet the school's standards. Yep. Once that test is met, then adversity should be considered, including the students' lack, students' lack of financial means, because we know too few students of low-income families, whether in big cities or rural communities, are getting an opportunity to go to college. When the poor kid, when a poor kid, maybe the first in the family to go to college, gets the same grades and test scores as a wealthy kid, whose whole family's gone to the most elite colleges in the country, and whose path has been a lot easier. Well, the kid who faced tougher challenges has demonstrated more grit, more determination, and that should be a factor. Should be. The colleges should take into account admissions. Yeah, should be. So I had forgotten that um, uh, Joe Biden was today um, going on Nicole Wallace's show, but he did. So hold on, let me let me bring this up because this is I, I'll have to watch it tonight. But this is the clip where they addressed that. I'm hearing it for the first time along with you. Before I got elected, while I put together a group of constitutional scholars to try to expand the court, which I think is a mistake after all the the, the judgment was what that that doesn't make sense because it can become so politicized in the future. But so what I've done it's not now? is I have in my appointments, I've appointed 136 judges and found ourselves in a situation where I've picked people who are from various backgrounds. We've appointed more women to the appellate courts, black women to the appellate courts than every other president in American history. Not just Katanji Brown, but more than any across the board. Okay, well, that's all well and good. And I guess... Um, I'll, I'll listen to the rest of the thing tonight. Um, but, but you know, that and what? Uh, five bucks, maybe we'll get you a cup of coffee now. Um, I'm glad he's appointed more black women. I think that was a promise that he made, wasn't it? But um, that doesn't help us with the court. And he's saying it would uh, expanding the U.S. Supreme Court would be a mistake. Um See, and because it would be too politicized, what is it now? This is all political. The court is completely political. There are the Republican appointed justices who are all right wingers, and there are the Democratic appointed justices who are on the left, but I wouldn't say they're liberals. They're certainly not extreme the way the right wingers are. We'll get into that more tomorrow with Lisa Graves um, when she returns to the show. Uh, Because tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to get, I think, the remaining five opinions. And they include include student loan forgiveness. They include... Oh, the, 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 the bigoted uh, cake, or this time it's not a cake uh, maker. This is the wedding uh, website person who doesn't want to have to make a, a website for those gay people. So we'll do that. In the meantime, it's hot as hell. Uh, I know it's hot where you are. And the most refreshing thing you can do for yourself is a fresh smoothie. Let me tell you what I did. I, I perfected my coffee drink. So I do this in the afternoon now because, one, it's hot, and two, um, you know, I get the mid-afternoon slump and all I really want to do is take a nap when it, it, it's showtime. So this morning, I made my coffee. I made an extra cup of coffee. And, yeah, I use cream, I use non-dairy creamer, and I use stevia, and I like to put the cacao powder in. But th- that stuff all mixes better when the coffee is hot. 
So here's what I did today. I made an extra cup and I took out two uh, ice cube trays and I filled the ice cube trays with the, the, the finished coffee with the cacao and the stevia and the, and the creamer. And I froze them. And right before the show, I put the frozen coffee cubes in my blend jet too. And this is... This is better than any Frappuccino or any overpriced coffee, frozen coffee drink I've gotten anywhere. It, it just rocks. Um, this time of year, you know, just imagine everybody in your house can have their own blend jet and make their own smoothies with exactly the ingredients you want. You can make it as healthy or as decadent as you like. For 4th of July, you just uh, throw some, um, I don't know, rum or uh, tequila, make frozen margaritas. It'd be creative. There's a whole Facebook group for BlendJet 2 recipes. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a way to be healthy or not, whatever you prefer. But these days, it's a way to cool off refreshingly. And it's you can take it with you when you go to the beach or the lake or wherever you go. It fits right in the cup holder. Um, go to BlendJet. Oh, actually, I need to give you a different. Um, oh, no, no, no. Go to BlendJet.com slash FeedMe12. Blendjet.com slash FeedMe12. You'll get 12% off your order, your whole order, free two-day shipping. And start getting refreshed. Um, and, and uh, yeah, fun with it because I do. Mm. Good stuff. All right. Um, we'll take a quick time out and come back on the other side uh, with Howie Klein. We will. Be right back. Hey, it's Nicole Sandler. I suffer from depression. It's been an ongoing battle with me since adolescence. So when I was presented with the idea of BetterHelp coming aboard as the sponsor of the show, I was thrilled. I've always been open about my struggles with depression because I know that so others are suffering in silence. Well, there's no need to be silent. There's nothing wrong with getting help. And now that help is more readily available. BetterHelp makes the process of getting help easy. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Do yourself a favor and visit BetterHelp.com slash Nicole Sandler. You'll fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Nicole Sandler today. That way they know I sent you, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Nicole Sandler. All right, before we bring Howie on, I got one more thing to tell you about. Our newest sponsor is Nom Nom. That's spelled N-O-M-N-O-M. I, I'm saying it because sometimes people didn't get it last time. Um, Nom Nom is the freshest, um, seemingly homemade food for your dog. Now, my Jackson is the finickiest eater anywhere. I, I, I seriously sometimes have to spoon feed him. It's the only way to get him to eat. Except when we pull out the Nom Nom, he, he's voracious. He just goes at it. And maybe it's because it's full of fresh proteins and vegetables. There's beef formula, chicken, pork, turkey. And they're, they're mixed with peas and carrots and kale and spinach and potatoes. And it's real food. And, you know, um, Jackson's got a, a, a weak stomach, I guess. I think he eats too many lizards. But they say that your dog's health starts in the gut. So a better diet means softer coats, more energy, better breaths, smaller, more consistent stools. Your dog can't tell you if they're healthy, but you can tell when their health improves. So that's one of the uh, outcomes I'm looking forward to with uh, Jackson eating Num Num. So here's what you want to do. Go to Trinom, T-R-Y-N-O-M, 
trinom.com slash sent by Nicole, all one word. That way they know I sent you. And um, uh, if you decide to order some nom nom for your uh, for a puppy, uh, for a baby, uh, you'll get 50% off your first order. It's a great way to try it anyway and, and um, let them know that we sent you. So um, you, you go to the website, trinom.com slash sent by Nicole. You tell them about your dog, age, breed, weight, allergies, protein preferences, and they tailor a, spe- uh, a specific amount of individually packaged nom nom meals and send them to you. You store them in the freezer or the fridge and um, you watch your dog clean their dish. Uh, and Jackson is spinning again like he used to do when he was a puppy. So um, uh, go order Nom today. <clears throat> go to trynom.com slash sent by Nicole and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Okay. Um, uh, you know, if you've got a blend jet, you can mix up your own dirty Debbie's. You know? Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories, and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Uh, hi, Howie Klein. Hey, Nicole. Uh, how are you doing today? <clears throat> Not a good question to ask someone my age. <laughs> I understand. Believe me, we're going through the same stuff. You're a little older than, than David and I are. But yeah, getting old sucks, but it beats the alternative, I guess. I, I, that's the only, um, you know. The, Young? <laughs> what? Getting young? No. The alternative, if you're not sick at this age, we, we, uh, we don't go backwards in time, unfortunately. Damn. Yeah, I know. Although, I got to tell you, you know, Florida is filled with these springs, natural springs. And, um, but the, and, and Allison and I are going to take a day sometime in the next couple of weeks and go to one of them just to have a day. And... But they're cold. That's the thing. And she said, the, the, thing, the only thing I don't like about them is they're so cold. Well, there's one that's known as Warm Springs. So it's about 10 degrees warmer, but it's like a bubbling hot spring. But it's not really oh, hot. The alligators. But there are no alligators there. It's fresh water, and it's, there aren't alligators there, allegedly. Manatees go in these springs, but not alligators. Anyway, this one that we're going to, it's like outside of Sarasota, they think is the original... A fountain of youth. <laughs> and people Fabulous. go there for its healing powers. So I'll let you know if it, it if it heals let me. Let me know. I will. I will. And then you can come down and visit and, uh, you know. At least a bottle. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring some of the water back and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so in addition to our own personal trials and tribulations, uh, the Supreme Court is wrapping up its term and was just, it did exactly what we thought we, they would do today with the uh, affirmative action. 
Uh, tomorrow they're doing. Uh, they'll do worse. Tomorrow they will do worse. Tomorrow they should come out. No, with what? A- I, I take that back. It, it isn't worse. No, actually, as bad. bad. But but wor- today was worse. Yeah, today was today was really bad. Um, and you know, one of the arguments that I'm hearing is a lot of people are saying, okay, now. If you had to do this, do away with these legacy admissions. You know, it's what lets somebody like uh, George W. Bush, if I remember correctly, get into Yale. He was a shitty student. He was actually really dumb, right? How about Pansy Jr.? How about who? Trump Pansy Jr. Oh, now, oh, did he go to uh, Wharton or something because of dad was a legacy? Yes. Yeah, see, that shit has got to stop. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, Uh, you know, it's we knew this was coming. I'm glad this term is over. But what's even more disturbing? um, I missed it. I forgot that Biden did an interview with Nicole Wallace this afternoon. Apparently he was live on her show at four o'clock. I spaced on it. So but I just saw a clip in which he said um, that he that that he said uh, expanding the Supreme Court, quote, is a mistake. Um, you know, why? I, I he, don't, he didn't he say, him why? no, I, I don't know. It wasn't in the clip, Wait, David just walked in. Did you see it? That's not what I was oh. going to comment on. What oh, I was going to okay. comment on is, as you know, I was going to, to transfer to Harvard. Yes. So I went to summer school there to see if I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't and hated it and decided not to transfer. However, when I was there, there was one guy in the dorm that I lived in and, um, People were asking about meals, like what time to eat meals. And this one person, this one kid, was so dumb, he could barely tell time. And I asked his roommate, how did this guy get into Harvard? And he just shook his head, looked down, and said, legacy. Oh, yeah. Legacy. gives you an idea of what that is all about. Yeah. Some of those people are so stupid, their hair hurts. (laughs) And so there you go. So le- the legacy program that lets people in, you know, above anybody else, d- d- despite having whatever shitty grades, not being qualified to to um, be admitted, they do because daddy went there. So or mommy or or like, big brother or big and brother. Yep. Oh, wait, wait, it wasn't Trump's brother who went there. It was Trump's brother's lover was the admissions officer or something like that. Okay, but Trump went to Wharton, and he was no brain surgeon either. And you know, right, I'm saying that his his a friend of his brother's was oh. the admissions officer. The father gave him a bunch of money to let let him in. So I don't know if that's exactly legacy, but it's you know kind of legacy adjacent. I gotcha. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a system of favoritism. It, having nothing to do with qualifications or grades or test scores or anything like that. Um, why that's okay. But and, 90, since 70% of them are white, you know, that makes sense. Oh, well, of course. Well, that explains everything. If they're white, well, duh. I mean, wasn't Harvard built for white people by white people? <laughs> probably. It was before it my was. time. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't here yet. But yeah, no, probably. But that, that doesn't make it right. And, and this court, so I haven't read it yet, but I understand Katanji Brown-Jackson wrote a pretty um, – uh, uh, cutting dissent. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I have. Yeah, is that do anybody any good? No, no. But it's all. Sh- I mean, what other tool does she have except the ability to write? You know, well, he- I can say some things. 
Here, she said, um, dissenting, she said this case, quote, blinks both history and reality in ways too numerous to count. Our country has never been colorblind because the majority's judgment stunts that progress without any basis in law, history, logic or justice. I dissent. You know, the whole issue of they're saying the Constitution is colorblind in what reality, in what world? The Constitution that said black people are three fifths of a person. How is that well, colorblind? That, that, that wasn't actually the Constitution. That, oh, that that, was, I mean, that came later. Okay, but that. Uh, it, One but, other thing, I'm sorry for, for breaking it again, but I forgot to mention this. Not only do legacies get preference getting in, this is where the concept of the, using air quotes, gentleman's C comes from. Because once you get in, they want to keep that tuition check coming. So rather than someone flunking out, they want to keep them in. So even people that go there and get shit grades, they give them a C to keep them coming back for more. Oh, that's the this legacy where, C? No, this is oh. where the concept of the gentleman's C is. Oh, the gentleman's it's, C. It's, it's harder to flunk out than it is to get in. If you're a legacy, do, do the professors know that Joe Schmo's father went here, so you got to cut him some slack on his shitty grades? The, leg- the, the professors may not immediately know, but you can bet your ass that the department chairmen's chairman know, uh-huh. and they, they, all know. they know that they all from know the that. admission department, and the admission department know that from the people that get the checks. Wow. You know, if daddy, if the whole pays- world works that way, let's face it, unfortunately. Uh, you know, and, and that was what the progress has been made with affirmative action was to break through that kind of stuff. And now we just, you know, went, took a giant leap backwards. That's right. That's right. So, so I remember when, um, uh, when, when I, I mean, luckily for me, when I went to a hospital, I don't want to say the name of the hospital, um, uh, my company had been writing them a million dollar checks every uh, every year as a contribution it's a good hospital and what i didn't know is that my name was signed at the bottom of those checks <laughs> along with other <laughs> just one of one of many people so when i got there it was like i can't tell you how to the front of the line i was taken and how i was treated i mean it was just unbelievable i mean i i wound up in a suite uh that they that one of the nurses told me that you know there's reserved for saudi royals Whoa. Uh, I mean, and they treated me so amazingly. And it, it took me a while before I figured out, since I didn't even know that my name was signed on those, uh, those uh, letters that went to them with their million-dollar check every year, I didn't realize that that's what it was. I mean, not only, so not only you think that the doctors wouldn't know and the nurses wouldn't know, but even I didn't know. But yet, yet it got around. Wow. Um, I, uh, sorry, I, I was just, I stepped away from the microphone for a second. I have these constitutions all over my studio in case anybody needs one. I've got, so I always have one handy because um, Kathy in the chat room said three fifths is in the constitution. Article one. It came later. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, an amendment. Well, article one. Was it? No, she said article was, one. Was hold original on. Constitution? Article one, section two. Uh, I'm looking right now. She said, um, Article 1, Section 2 said that any person who is not free would be counted as three-fifths of a free individual for the purposes of determining congressional representation. Now, Article 1, Section 2. Wow. I'm looking I didn't realize. I thought that that came later nope. as a uh, part of, like, the Missouri Compromise or something. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. Um, yeah, I believe you. I just yeah. got it wrong. Yeah. 
So it's it's it, here. I didn't find it, but I'll, I'll trust um, Kathy because she she knows what she's talking about. So anyway, yes, it's in the Bill of Rights. Yep. So you know the Constitution was written by slaveholders. Um, this is not you know the for Bill them of Rights. To, say, uh, that was that was a. Uh, those are the mem- that was the first ten That's amendments. That's the first ten amendments, right? But it, she said Article One, Section Two. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to pull it out and 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 read when I'm not trying to talk. But um, da, 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 twenty five years uh, taxes. Um, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons including those bound to service for a term of years and excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths, three-fifths of all other persons. The wow, so there yep. you go, colorblind as can be. Yes, colorblind. How dare they use that phrase? Nobody's colorblind, although they may say they are, um, and that's actually an insult to say that you're colorblind because I think it's important to see the diversity. So we don't want it to be colorblind. We don't, I don't want our universities to be colorblind. I want them to recognize every individual for who they are. Amen. Uh, yes. This, this was part of a compromise. This was part of the deal that caused the capital of the country to be in what was land originally belonging to Maryland as opposed to Virginia. The um, people in the northern part of the country wanted to have the capital in Philadelphia or New York. Mm -hmm. The southerners wanted to have the the capital further south. The compromise was, okay, we'll let you have it in in Maryland rather, rather than Virginia, but we want to be able to get some sort of credit for the population of our part of the country constituted by slaves. The northerners did not want to give them one for one, so that was how they settled on three fifths. Yep. Anyway, the point is, uh, not colorblind. (laughs) What's that? I knew it was a compromise. Yeah, right. But not colorblind. And for them to profess this, this court. And so now Joe Biden tells Nicole Wallace that we shouldn't expand the court. Well, then what's his solution? Just let this rogue group of uh, extreme right wingers you know, destroy all the progress we've made in the last couple hundred years? Yes. Yeah. Lovely. I, I, I'm glad the term is over after tomorrow, but my God, at what cost? So, Howie, let me ask you about this other one. Um, a, a couple of things. One, the, the other one they, they handed down today about the, um, the you know, the... Uh, uh, whether a company is well the the actual question was um how must employers accommodate religious workers who ask for time off to observe the sabbath in this case it was a part-time worker at at the u.s postal service who said "I, i i'm i'm an evangelical i go to church on sundays and now they wanted him to deliver amazon packages on sundays and um the 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 what the ruling was, like from 1977, I believe, was that any any hardship at all it places on an employer means that um, that's too much. But um, now I'm wondering, does this open the door so anybody with, you know, I'm, I'm a minister of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, the Pastafarian Church. I am. I paid 20 bucks online, and I am a minister of... A, a pastafarian minister and i can legally marry people and stuff like that so can i just say well my religion 
says I can't work, I shouldn't work on Thursdays. I guess my case is different because nobody pays me except, you know, you guys who donate to the show. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know where this ruling leads us, except that it was unanimous. Wow. Yeah. Sick. Sick, sick, sick. Yep. So what they said is that the the um, the the the, let me read it because I'm not good at paraphrasing um, church stuff. Uh, It's the court today said that an employer must show that the burden of granting an accommodation would result in substantial increased costs in relation to the conduct of its particular business. So I would think that means this guy, Groff, who was a part time postal worker, um, is not by him having to take Sundays off is not causing irreparable harm to the Postal Service. But if it's some mom and pop shop and an employer all of a sudden says, well, you know, every other Thursday I got to go to church, that might create undue hardship. But is there any kind of line? How do you determine it? They certainly didn't answer that question. You're asking me? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm completely anti-religion. Well, so am I. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, yeah. Go. I, I, I got gotcha. you. I'm there with you. Um, yeah. So there, there was another. The Supreme Court did something else this week. It wasn't one of the decisions, but I, I guess it was in their orders. And they said something about was it the University of Ohio or Ohio State that a doctor who molested people that they could now bring that back up doesn't this have some bearing on jim jordan because wasn't he involved in something like that at that same oh my god that's what this is about yes absolutely this is this is the jim jordan case so jim jordan was the um the like assistant uh coach uh, right wrestling coach right and this guy who is the doctor was was known by everybody to be molesting the boys uh that that was his thing and, and it was not a secret. It was not, you know, some, you know, deep, dark thing that no one knew about. Everyone knew about it. Right. And the boys were just boys. And here's this guy, you know, uh, you know, I remember this one case. The guy, the guy got a bloody nose in, the, in wrestling. And he goes to the doctor with a bloody nose. And the doctor grabs his uh, junk. <sighs> and the kid says, hey, my nose is up here. Right. And the guy's like fondling him. So he goes to Jim Jordan, his, uh, you know, who's, you know, his, his, his coach. And, uh, you know, Jordan, Jordan says, this has nothing to do with me. Get out. Oh, my God. And 177 boys were molested by this doctor before he, he was finally uh, put out to pasture. He then committed suicide a few years after that. But meanwhile, Jordan has skated on this. Right. Uh, you know, and said, nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me. I never heard of it, never heard of it. Well, you know, all these boys are testifying that, you know, they spoke to him themselves. They were witnesses when other people spoke to him. And he, and you know, he's claiming that he, this is all new to me and never heard about any of it. So, so needless to say, he's, you know, uh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas is going is to be uh, impeached really quickly to get, to get uh, all the onus off of, uh, of, of Jim Jordan now. But but it, uh, basically, the Supreme Court said that these over the hundred men can pursue lawsuits against Ohio State based on yes. this sexual abuse. And so now Jim Jordan, I don't care what he does to Alejandro Mayorkas, if they call and testify, he's going to have to go testify. I mean, he and, and, and if you see Jim Jordan's name spelled G-Y-M, which is how I spell it these days, that's why, in case you didn't know that that's where that came from. Uh, right. We yeah. thought of that at Down with Tyranny. Yes, you did. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah well, touche. Um, hey, well, it's possible that other people started it before me, but we started it as far as we know. <laughs> hey. In other words, guys from, you know, from Ohio State may have started that before we started it. But, uh, uh, you know, once, once the story broke into the public, uh, that was the obvious, <laughs> obvious first reaction. Yeah, here's a, a graphic from downwithtyranny.com. There's Jim, and on his nameplate it says GYM Jordan. <laughs> Republican grooming, don't drop the soap, boys. And it's actually, you know what, it's not funny. Um, sexual abuse is not funny. The fact that Jim Jordan is such a fucking hypocrite and, uh, you know, has this holier-than-thou attitude when it, at the very least he looked the other way as boys were being molested under his care, under his nose. Yes, and some of the boys um, said that he told them, you know, if it was me, I'd kill him. So he was sort of like hinting to the boys if they had a problem with it, they should just go and kill him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you've got a nice piece up from posted yesterday at Down With Tyranny uh, about this case. This is up about this going back uh, to, to about uh, 2010. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, you, you did deal with it since the court ruled on it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. weird because those are the things you don't hear. You know, this is off topic, but I just got to say yesterday I'm watching. Um, it was the middle of the day of getting ready for the show and the TV was on. And Katie Turr has Peter Baker of The New York Times on her show. And they're talking about this latest NBC News poll, you know, the one that they keep harping on that says, um, uh, you know, that Biden is only four points ahead of Trump. So that was the first big story that came out of this poll. The thing they were harping on yesterday was, oh, uh, 60 some odd percent of voters say Joe Biden's too old and, you know, and, and physically infirm to, to be president. They don't mention Trump, who is a whopping three years younger, um, there's not a and, big and, difference. And possibly in worse shape. Oh, without I mean, a I doubt. That, oh, there, he, there's he no question. He's, he's over. Like he's, he's out of his mind. Right. He's obese. I've seen Joe Biden get on a bicycle and ride. I would love to see a bike race. <laughs> I'd love to see Donald Trump try to get on a bicycle and go a block. Well, what we might get to see are these two old codgers uh, debating, although I doubt that'll happen. But uh, that would be interesting. I don't think either one of them can handle it. I mean, I, you know, you don't see Biden uh, speaking a lot. And when you do, when you do, you cringe. He says stupid things like the war in Iraq when he means the right. war in Ukraine. But Trump, does, every time he, he speaks, every time he writes, he's, he's out of his mind. Every time he opens his mouth, he says something asinine. And that's the thing that just I, I just don't understand. It's they give him a free pass and they're all over Biden when the shit that comes out of Trump's mouth is exponentially worse. I mean, he's yeah, a, well, I mean, I, I, it, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, Trump hit hit on this when he ran the first time, which is that he he hires good people. Now, he, he hires bad people, but he said, I hire good people to run this for me. And that's really what it is when you're when you're a top, uh, you know, executive like that, like a president. You hire good people, and that's what that's really what matters. If you listen to them, which Biden does, Biden hires the people that he likes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it either. Uh, and Trump hires the people that he thinks he might like. But Biden listens more or less, whereas Trump is, you know, all hands on all over everything. <laughs> Since he's a moron, he uh, uh, he gets everything wrong. Right. Because, you know, the, uh, be a worse president than Biden. Right. Biden has been a walking gaff machine 
forever. He's always, he's just not a great speaker. But he doesn't say, you know, things like... Um, Look at those hands. Are they small hands? <laughs> and he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee. I, I, I don't want to hear that. Or, you know, there's this, I think. Prime Minister Abe of Japan gave me the most beautiful copy of a letter that he sent to the people who give out a thing called the Nobel Prize. He said, I have nominated you or respectfully on behalf of Japan. I am asking them to give you the Nobel Peace Prize. I said, thank you. Many other people feel that way, too. I'll probably never get it, but that's okay. They gave it to Obama. He didn't even know what he got it for. Yeah, you know, I mean that shit. I've got a whole file full of these. Each statement he makes is just stupider than the one before. And yet, I don't hear the media harping on the idiotic things that come out of Trump's mouth every time he opens it. Yet Joe Biden is too old and infirm to be president. Well, the two be true at the same time right but but to 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 harp on biden without mentioning trump there's no difference between 77 and 80 i'm sorry it's the same age group um they're both old men neither one of them you know should be right. president and, at this but point the, but the age itself isn't really what matters there are people who are considerably older than that who are in very very good shape who you know and neither of these guys are no uh, it's not the age per se, but it's how you're handling that. I mean, Bernie's older than either one of them. He'd make a great president. I, I think so. But yeah, he seems more lucid, more, um, you know, more articulate, certainly able to speak contemporaneously much better than either one of them. Um, yeah. But I don't know. And, and I'm specifically pointing a finger at NBC, MSNBC right now, but just because I saw this segment yesterday and it so angered me. Uh, say what you want about Biden, but you can't only get on him and and give Trump a free pass. But they do. Okay. They do. That's all. Well, I don't think they give Trump that many free passes. <laughs> 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 well, maybe it's just the segment that I saw, and it, you know, I don't know. I guess I, I, I guess I'm a little. Uh, I mean, if you wanted to get you know keep doing this, which maybe you should. Uh, you know, that's all you would do. Just you know talk about Trump's deficiencies because there are so many in there. So there, uh, but I guess at a certain point, the producers of the show say, you know, give it a rest. Yeah. But so then, you, you know, they're, they're supposed to be, uh, allegedly, um, you know, they all have a point of view, a political point of view. MSNBC is the democratic leaning station. I, I, I just don't understand the thinking behind jumping on the, well, let's give Trump a pass, but criticize Biden bandwagon. And, and and then you wonder, you know, why the, the polling is the way it is. It's because it's what the media is pushing. So uh, it's just my perception that it seems like they're doing the same thing they did four years ago, which is giving Trump all of this um, unearned media, like uh, just a lot of a lot of uh, uh, coverage yep. that's not deserved. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Playing out all, all over again. What a I nightmare. Know. I know. I know. It's like we learn. You're supposed to learn from your mistakes. And here we go again. It's deja vu all over again. Uh, uh, any any good news this week, Howie? No. Okay. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure there, there was good news. I can't remember any. Um, no, the good news was that the, the, uh, the Supreme Court on Tuesday uh, basically said, yeah, Voting Rights Act is not dead. And... Um, uh, you can't just eliminate 
um, majority black districts. And um, so they, they didn't give in to this independent state legislature thing so that Trump can steal the next election unfettered. So that's right. good. So, so far, we got um, Alabama and Louisiana each getting an, an extra uh, black majority district, probably. Maybe uh, they'll prevent North Carolina from stealing one. Maybe. I Maybe. doubt it. And the other one, you'd be happy to hear, that where, they, where it's going to come down next, if, there's, if it's going to come down next, would be Florida, where, as you probably remember, uh, DeSantis, the legislature didn't want yep. to do it, but DeSantis purposely went ahead and, um, and eliminated Al Lawson's black district, which was created as a district specifically to protect black voting rights. And he just said, the hell with that, let them come after me. And, and so that may happen now. Yep. Oh, I hope so. Because, yeah, he blatantly did that. But, and, and DeSantis is just a blatant racist. There's no way around it. And hopefully people, people get that. Um, all right. Well, they now, do get it, and they're all for them. All seventy million oh, I know. of them. <laughs> I know, and that's what's that's oh, what's so depressing. It really, yeah. All right, I gotta go. I will talk to you next week. And okay. um, all right, have a have a good fourth. Okay, you too. Thank okay, you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Howie Klein, everyone. Of course, find him at downwithtyranny.com and the Blue America Pack. Tomorrow, Lisa Graves will be back, and uh, we'll go through the rest of the Supreme Court opinions that hopefully will be handed down tomorrow and we get this over with and we can go cry and have a weekend um uh so so well i'll tell you tomorrow what we're doing for fourth i'm going to take off monday and tuesday um i will do music shows give you the soundtrack for your fourth of july gatherings and then we'll be back live next um wednesday okay all right with that we're done have a great night everybody uh, as much as you can and uh, i'll see you tomorrow hasta mañana amigos